Welcome to Slingstones, a podcast with insights for the Christian journey. Proudly brought to you by Healing Care Ministries. Now here's your host, Terry Wardle. Let's begin today with prayer, okay? Father, we come in the strong name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the light you have brought within us and that we are hidden in your heart. You are in our hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you minister to us, that you live inside, that you're always up to something in developing us as the children of God. Be with us today as we share some thoughts to your glory, Lord, and to our growth in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I finished my uh, master's degree, and it was called Divinity. It's a theological degree all the way back in 1977. And in 79, I began to do a doctoral program that was out at Fuller Theological Seminary. And a lot of my study was in a discipline at that time called church growth. It was, well, it was that simple. It was about how to make churches grow, to help a church get new people, to see those people come to Christ, how to help them grow spiritually, and then how to get them involved, how to equip them to move forward. It was actually a lot of good information, and I actually earned my degree out there in 82. A large part of that was on things like how to learn to set objectives and goals, how to do planning and mobilizing, how to do demographic research, to develop programs that really meet the needs of the people. Again, good and important stuff, but but there was something categorically missing. As a matter of fact, I can remember once driving with one of the leaders of this movement. He had written several books, and I was beginning to have a little opportunity here and there to speak at some of those events. We were driving in a car, and he said, may I be honest with you? Sure. He said, I'm, after all these years, I'm beginning to come a, become a bit of a diagnostic. And I looked at him and I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, you know, a lot of what we teach here, you could apply the same principle to starting a garage, sta- a garage station, you know, a filling station on the corner. And it would grow the same way because of these principles. He said, but there's something deeply missing. Well, he was right, and I think many people knew that what was missing was an understanding of how the flow of the kingdom is what determines what it is we do when we're serving the Lord. This program, which was rather academic, did not ask the critical question, what was the Holy Spirit up to? And how do we then take part in that? I was reading Numbers chapter 9, and there's a section that is quite moving about God and his leadership for the children of Israel. It it begins in verse 15 and goes all the way down through 23. I'm going to read a couple places, but it talks about the fact that the tabernacle, which was this tent where they would worship, would be covered by a cloud during the day and that the cloud at night would look like a fire. And, and the verse says this, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites would set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped 
at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. Can you picture that? They're on this journey through the wilderness. They have this tabernacle that God designed very specifically where they could meet him and celebrate the festivals and make their sacrifices. And they could only pull the, put the tent pegs in the ground wherever that cloud rested. And if the cloud began to move, they had to hurry up and tear down that tabernacle and follow that cloud to the new place. Something really quite dynamic and also very, what, interpersonal there. In verse 23, it says this, whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order. There's something very powerful about that for me. It's about the difference between what living the Christian life in our strength or living the Christian life in the strength of the Lord. And this whole principle was modeled by Jesus, wasn't it? We've talked about this before, and I think we can come back to it over and over again, particularly in the Gospel of John. We see the recording of Jesus saying things, I only do the things I see the Father doing. I say what the Father tells me to say. I go where the Father tells me to go. Jesus wasn't up to anything. He didn't go just anywhere. He didn't say just whatever he wanted, but he was being led by the Lord. And you do know that Again, later in the Gospel of John 14, 15, 16, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and tells the disciples that he will be there for them and that it's good that he goes away. We've talked about some of these things before, but I think it's important that we come back to it over and over again that we are to be a people that are led by the Spirit and where he goes, we go, and where he stays, he stays. I think in my early Christian experience, particularly as I studied in this program, there was a lot of emphasis on the fact that we had to do and we had to say and we had to go. But we seem to leave out this one very important piece, and that is the leading of the Lord. I know you've heard me say before, it makes a difference whether we're asking the question, what should we be doing next? Or should we ask the question, what is the Spirit doing now, sometimes I think the problem I had as a leader was I was so anxious to do something that I didn't know that waiting was a very important part of doing something. And what we're waiting for is perceiving, is the cloud here? Is it settled on what we are doing? Or is the cloud moving us to a new place? I think if you looked at the history of the church, you would find that there were times that congregations were right in the middle of the cloud and there was growth and there was excitement and there was worship and there was praise. And then the cloud may have lifted and moved on, but they didn't move on with it. They were so comfortable where they were. They wanted things to be just as they were. And there are other people that moved on 
before that cloud, that cloud fire, if you will, ever lifted. I use the word wait, learning to wait, learning to be quiet, learning to seek the Holy Spirit. It's not easy, but it's important. And we have him right inside of us to help. That's what Jesus said on the day of his ascension, wait. And look what happened. He gave a promise, and the promise was, if you wait, the Spirit will come, and when he comes, you will be my witnesses. And that's exactly what happened. They waited, the Spirit fell, they spilled out into the streets. They were witnessing to what God was doing, and thousands upon thousands began to come into God's kingdom. I had an opportunity recently to speak to a group of 100 leaders, and I chose as the first message the idea of becoming the people of the presence and how Gordon Fee teaches us that Paul's emphasis was always on that experienced relationship that we can have with the Spirit as we meet, as we grow. He even suggests that in some cases, if Paul came back, he'd ask the question, what happened? But Fee does say that we are to be an eschatological people living now in the presence and power of the not yet. And to do that, we've got to move with the cloud. Settle in where he settles, move where he moves. I think maybe this is why Paul makes these statements in 1 Corinthians about, I don't come to you with persuasive words, but I come to you with a demonstration of power. Or when he says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. He says that in chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. And so here I am again. I want to be moved by God. I want to be moved by the Spirit. There's something exciting about this image of the tabernacle and a cloud fire above it. And they coming in there and they worship and they meet God. And then... Somewhat unexpectedly, he moves, and they knew, pull the tent pegs up and move. Never set in a concrete foundation, because you never know when God is going to do something else that is good and that is exciting. As reflecting on Romans 8, there's a lot there, but let me kind of synthesize it. He says, whatever you do, live according to the Spirit. Do things in the Spirit's power. You can do it on your own. But God isn't pleased when we do things without the Spirit. Actually, Paul goes even further and he says, if you're living in your own power, what you're doing is actually hostile to God. You want to live in the presence and power of God's Spirit. He says this. If Christ's Spirit is in you, which I'm trusting it is. Though your body is subject to death, the Spirit's going to give you life. The Spirit gives life. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he'll also bring life to your mortal body. All because the Spirit lives in you. Our life is intricately bound to the Holy Spirit. And we want to learn to listen to him and watch for him and discern what he's doing in us and around us so that we can participate. He goes on and he says, look, the Spirit's going to help you live out of who you really are in Christ. Now, the way he writes it is put to death the deeds of the body, misdeeds of the body. But he means he'll teach us how to live out of who we are in Christ. 
And he'll remind us over and over again that we are the children of God. Listen to the scripture. The spirit you receive brought your adoption. By him, you get to cry, Abba, Father. He is your Father, your Abba. The spirit testifies with your spirit that we are God's children. And if we are his children, we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Do you ever think of that word, co-heirs? It's like a family that has three brothers and three sisters, and the parents are now going to give them an inheritance, and they all get an equal part. And here we are, we're co-heirs with Christ, and every bit of this is linked to this idea of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now, why am I going here? Because I think a time like this is a time when we can grow weary, and we can get anxious about what's the next thing we need to be doing, and... How do we begin to move beyond what we're presently experiencing? And all those are great questions, but we've got to remember that it doesn't simply happen because we've now understood how to set objectives and to set goals and make plans. It happens because we are growing in our discernment of what God is up to in the Holy Spirit. What is God up to in your life? That's a great question for you to ask him. What's he up to in your church? I know you probably work hard in your church, but where has the cloud settled? Where is the cloud moving? That's where we want to be found, especially in a time like this. Oh, may a cloud fire (laughs) surround us all. There's something amazingly supernatural about the fact that God's Holy Spirit dwells within us to move us forward in life, to empower us for the work of the kingdom, and to bring us over and over again to a fresh move of God. Let's do it together. Let's seek the Spirit.